Hello, I'm Dr. Julia Dana. Welcome to the Dermal Distinction Podcast, a master guide on science, beauty, and ethics in aesthetics. I've had decades of real life experience in aesthetics, dentistry, and training, and I'm passionate about passing on my insider knowledge and teaching you the techniques, the science, and the heart behind the rapidly growing world of cosmetic medicine. The Dermal Distinction Podcast is a safe space to explore the ethical approach to cosmetic injecting and education. It is a front row seat to a lesson in aesthetics, injectables, and skin science. As always, before undertaking any treatment, it is important that you seek advice from a qualified practitioner about your concerns. Join me each week with an open mind and remember, cosmetic injecting isn't just about changing faces, it's about changing lives. In this episode, we're going to be delving really into the business attributes the fun side of business, the not-so-fun side of business of the aesthetic industry. I'm going to pull back the curtain on what's made me successful, but some of the ideas that I've taken from other practitioners and other practices and that I've used in my own practice, and maybe this will inspire you in your journey. Let's start by talking about your aesthetic practice and the atmosphere. This one is a huge one for me, and it's one that I love to have fun with. I like to keep my patients guessing on what they're going to find each time they come in. I love interior design, and so everything that I do with interior design around my aesthetic practice is, guess what, aesthetic. And it has to be because we are wanting to do aesthetic things with our patients, whether it be cosmetic injectables or using an equipment, but it's all for an aesthetic outcome. And for great ones. So part of the patient experience and what I think makes me successful in my aesthetic business is the environment and the atmosphere that I create for my patients. The uh, team lead came to visit my practice. So this was um, going back maybe like 12 years ago. I think at that time I hadn't quite perfected the patient journey and experience. So when she came into my practice, she noticed certain things that didn't quite match For instance, it seems crazy to me now thinking back, but I have two reception chairs for my office team and they were different. So I based them on, you know, comfort and so on. And of course, that's important. But when I look at it now, thinking back to those times, aesthetically, it looked terrible that I had one office chair that was one color and one office chair that it was a different color. So sit down in your reception, take a look around. You're going to be at a different eye level. So it's actually a fun exercise because sometimes you'll see, you know, something as simple as a little cobweb that no one else noticed, but I can tell you what, patients are going to notice that. So we need to keep in mind that the atmosphere we create in the reception is really important. Every single time I visit a restaurant, I visit a store that I love, I take either mental note or physical note through taking a photo of something I love. Sometimes it might be a particular armchair. It might even be the way they've arranged particular ornaments on a bookshelf. It might actually be the books on the bookshelf, the way they've stacked them, the way they've arranged the different colors. These start to form part of my plan. I haven't studied interior design but I love it. I love it because it creates an experience and a mood and an atmosphere which connects 
my brand with what I want my patients to experience and for them to be empowered with the, I guess, the expectation and the knowledge that when they come to visit me, they're going to achieve something and have that same experience every time. When you're looking at your clinical practice, I would recommend that you do the same. Let's get back to the site of things and how things appear and look. So when I've taken photos at my favorite places, whether it be a restaurant or whether it be even a holiday home that I've had the pleasure of visiting, I like to bring some of those things back to my practice, not everything. I don't think I want to throw absolutely everything because I don't want to recreate, you know, Noosa in my practice. Noosa doesn't suit suit me, although I'd love to live there. With taking back those favourite things, I'd like to take a little piece. So, you know, for instance, in my practice, I've got a lot of photos and they're all black and white photos because I love uniformity, but they're photos I've taken and they mean something to me. But they're also, for me, a bit of a talking point to my patients about different experiences and places. But I find that really good little technique I used, and maybe it might work for you too, is to put little captions on some of your artwork. Tell a bit of a story about why you chose that artwork. Who's the artist? Um, For me, it's me being the photographer. And um, my little captions are, you know, talking about what is meaningful about that place. So giving a little bit of a history about that location and so on. The key thing to remember is that when you're designing your space and committing to your brand, you should be about science, aesthetics and beauty. And this needs to be reflected in everything you do, whether it is the physical design of your practice and clinic through to the brochures you give your patients. From beginning to end, your patients should have an understanding of what you represent and what you're going to provide to them. This is so important. Branding should be in your DNA because it conveys a message and a story to your patient about who you are and what you're going to do for your patient. And patients want to be part of that experience. Now I'm going to turn to talking about my typical day. My typical day starts obviously in the morning where we have what's called a day sheet. So a run through of what's going to happen from moment to moment, appointment to appointment. Standards are not only important to me and to my patients, but also to my entire team. Because what this does is it creates a harmonious team that are all striving for the same goals. The reason for this is because they know where the goals actually are. By creating some standards, you can set up your team to be successful and to want to work for you. One of the great things about having standards is that you create an environment of professionalism. There are clear goals. There are clear boundaries. I obviously look at the um, expiry dates as we go, but she is the perfect person. So you need to find those detail-orientated people in your team and you need to find out the people that give their heart and soul and have the passion for the things that fire you and give you your passion and uh, the things that you want to make your brand And you need to light a fire under those people and push them to be as clinically excellent because as a team, when you're all on the same page, you can achieve so much more than you can achieve as an individual. As a clinical lead, I cannot be on top of everything, but as a team, we are all headed in the same direction. We all have the same aspirations and goals. Those protocols and standards are so important and you can achieve so much more. I want to focus now on patient relationships. I believe that we should have a great communication culture with our patients. When I'm looking after a patient, I do want to get to know my patient. I want to know 
what drives them, what what made them come to see me in the first place. Myself, I'm personally known for being a great communicator with my patients, being open and very approachable. The first thing I think we need to consider is their why. Sometimes when patients have a complication or they're in pain, their first go-to is anger. So we need to understand the why before we instantly dismiss the patient. If we feel that our patient has no reason to be disrespectful or is showing, you know, for instance, a racial bias that has no part in my practice. And I would ask that patient to move on to a practitioner that suits them because that particular bias does not suit me. And it's really important that you have protocols around this, although it's quite a difficult topic. This happened in our practice just a couple of days ago. We had a patient call and was so angry and so rude to my front desk receptionist. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Dermal Distinction. The conversation continues over on my Instagram at Dermal Distinction Academy, where I encourage you to connect with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate and review. 